Welcome in to another episode of Musings on Madison here on the Second City Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Dave Melton, site manager at Second City Hockey, just your average cloud hopper from Griffith. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at SCH underscore Dave M. I've got all my usual line mates with me this evening. It's it's just before the holiday, so hopefully we get a little festive at some point this evening. Uh, we may not start off that way because, well, we do have to talk about the Blackhawks. Uh, so first off, uh, on Twitter at Shepard Price, the analytics darling of Second City Hockey. Shepard Price. Hi, I'm 26 and my spine hurts. I didn't sign up for this. Um, <laughs> I don't, can, can somebody can somebody like take me off whatever list I'm on? That like, hey, their spine is supposed to hurt. I uh, don't. So I don't think I not you do get a return either. Like 26 years, I think is past the statute of limitations. Uh, so, uh, it's past the warranty. I only had warranty for 25 years. That's yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Thoughts and prayers. I, I, is that that's still an upper body injury, right? I, I think that'd be, I think that'd be classified. I'm pretty sure back is classified as upper body. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mary, I, Mary and Hoso is always like upper body. Yeah, I I don't know what to tell you about that. I mean, you said your spine was hurting. Like I just immediately like shivered in like I've only done a back injury one time in my life because I deadlifted in high school incredibly poorly and messed up my back for a weekend. But I was like 16 and I was good after a day or two. I cannot imagine what it's like to have back pain all the time. Sounds like the worst thing in the world. Usually yoga is fine enough for me. And it's been a, like a little while since I did yoga, but like maybe, maybe that li- little while, little while is within the week. You know, so. maybe just, um, maybe just do more or less. Yeah. It's yeah. the winter time. So I'll that's be doing my, a lot more yoga. I think. Yeah. That's my medical, uh, medical profession or medical expertise suggestion. Do more or less until it stops hurting. There exactly. <laughs> also with us this evening, He's on Twitter at Mill182, and he is the second city hockey, what Alvin is to Alvin and the Chipmunks. It's Mill Savage. Me, I want a hoo, a hoo. Is that the I'm fucking so melody? Glad, I'm so glad you did that because that's entirely why I referenced that group. Um, not not quite as high, but you know, we can work on it. Uh, I'm gonna pitch it up in post-production. Oh, good, good work. Um, or maybe are we, are we just shoot the real thing. I'm gonna auto. Are we caroling this episode? That was not in key. <laughs> no, I think that was the only caroling that's gonna happen on this edition. Okay, but you know, I mean, we'll we'll see where it goes. We don't know. Um, but yeah, that uh, that was a family tradition decorating the Christmas tree with the Alvin and the Chipmunks on audio cassette. So uh, yeah, I was Alvin for Halloween a few years ago. That's. Steve was Simon, and one of our other friends was Theodore. It was pretty good. You know what? That's. Did you have a Dave? Uh, no, we can adopt you as our Dave. Okay. Yeah. Our okay. official. You're cause you're literally Dave. <laughs> I, I am literally Dave, but the, the difficulty would be, as I imagine you would all be taller than me and it'd be weird if the chipmunks were all taller than Dave. Like that's not how that's supposed to work. Well, Steve's taller than everybody. So, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, me and Alex, the Brinkett are about the same height and neither one of us is happy about it. So. <laughs> so you're going to start fighting people and scoring goals. Not necessarily in that order. <laughs> Fair <laughs> or, enough. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Also with us this evening, uh, she's not on Twitter, but you can find her at secondcityhockey.com under the name LBR, and she is, of course, the Second City Hockey pool and wall of text. It is Betsy. I was going to update people who cared that Ooh. the open bar at the zoo was not really. At, it was at a building at the zoo, but we weren't allowed to drink while looking at the actual animals. That's when you said that was so disappointing. I mean, it makes sense, like from probably a, a legality per and a liability perspective. Like they probably can't have a bunch of drunk idiots walking around the zoo, drinks in hand. But yeah, open bar at the zoo sounded a lot better until you gave us the <laughs> review of it. Yeah, and luckily one bar was like, we'll make anything you want. But they had like little bars everywhere and they all had specialty drinks based on where I work. And I was like, some of them were not great. Um, but one of them did have a, come with a light up cup, which I actually really liked. <laughs> so wait, uh, 
So where was the the boot? They were like booze stations scattered around the zoo, essentially. Scattered around the building we were in, oh, like okay. on the floor we were, and there was like a s'more making place. It had lots of food, but you could also just sit there and roast a little, like make yourself a little s'more. Um, which I just kept eating marshmallows. So, yep. Yeah, I mean, pretty good alcohol marshmallows. Yeah, I mean, I mean, not not like the worst. I mean, you, like you said, you still got to, you know, open bar, never a bad time, but slight, we'll call it mildly underwhelming, I guess. Yeah, I was expecting a little bit more. You could, we could see elephants from the like outside area for a little while until it got really, you know, dark and then they were away. And then every once in a while you would forget you were at the zoo, but then a whiff, the wind would blow and you're like, oh yeah, it still smells like. <laughs> still, still smells like animal shit. Yeah. Okay. Um, while we're on the topic of things that are mildly underwhelming, the Chicago Blackhawks <laughs> uh, coming to you on Monday evening. Yeah. Yeah. Heavy sigh. That's exactly the feeling these days. Uh, they played two games over the weekend. They lost both of them in overtime. One of them was to the national predators. The other one was to the Dallas stars. And I think Saturday's result, not the worst one in the world, but the, the game on Friday, like, Half of Nashville's team is in COVID protocol. They played the night before. Just all these things were lining up like this would be a perfect game for the Hawks to win. And they fucking lost in overtime. So uh, I, I don't really know how much how many burning thoughts we have. Uh, these are the only two games we have to talk about because the game coming up on Tuesday has been postponed. And we'll dive into postponement talk in a little bit. But uh, Shay, swinging it around to you first, uh, any major thoughts comments concerns from the last two games of blackhawks hockey uh so over the weekend uh the two teams in my life my personally uh both played two games both had the same exact scores uh except vegas won their games in overtime and chicago lost their games in overtime and uh i'll key you into a key metric in, in deciding that um vegas put up 64 shots the blackhawks Put up 42. Uh, the Blackhawks are very bad at shot generation. Um, Just like their offense. <laughs> really? They're like, it's a dearth. This is a rut. Uh, is a trench. Uh, lack. Um, these, all these, all these harsh sounding words that are true of the Blackhawks offense. Like the guys you want to score, see score are scoring. I'll say that. Jonathan Taves has three goals on the season now. Uh, Kirby Doc scored his fifth. Dominic Kubelik scored a six. Good. Uh, more of that, <laughs> please. And also, just again, get in the offensive zone. LVR will probably bring up that the Blackhawks counterattack is, fi- is fine. Uh, can you sustain pressure? Can they sustain pressure at any point over the last three years? No. Uh, can they just start sustaining pressure sometime soon? Because that's like the key difference. Yeah. Well, that's uh, – I, I wouldn't hold your breath for that. I, I think that's that's a thing that's worried me a little bit is that – uh, the thing you were talking about, Shay, with like some of the, you know, Jonathan Taze busted his goal as slump. Uh, Kubelik's tallied a few times. Kirby Doc's gotten off the schneid a little bit. DeBrinket's continuing to score. And so you thought that maybe like all of those guys scoring would coincide with everything getting better because they like they were still winning games in spite of all those players having massive offensive slumps. So in the last handful of games, like they scored, uh, they scored four against Toronto. They scored four against Washington. Was that a shootout win? I can't remember. When they beat the Capitals, I damn it. I think that was an overtime winner. That was a shootout. It was a shootout. Okay. Because because we, we got two posts in that shootout. That's right. Okay. So so you scored four, four against Washington, two against Nashville, and three against the Stars. So that's not – like the offense is picking up a little bit, but now, now they're – yeah, they're still getting just the the overall control of the puck has not been in their favor. I guess is the, what what I'm trying to to reach at here. Um, swinging around to Betsy, any uh, anything else to add to Shay's comments, or do you have another way to steer the direction of what's been going on with this team? Well, I was going to say I have two points. One is two more than the Hawks win. That's not true. They've got two in their. That's life. exactly the same amount of points. Yeah. <laughs> okay. yeah, you're right, but um. Uh, in one of the threads, Ray's brought up a thing about how, you know, uh, there were a bunch of people being like, okay, well, they should still be able to win occasionally through good goalie play and stuff like that. And, 
she said something about how we keep reiterating about the cycle game and how we don't think it's ever coming. And it's not a personnel thing to me because uh, I think they have players that can cycle the puck. We know for a fact that Taves and Kubalik um, and Strom even have done it consistently in the NHL before. We know Hagel does it pretty well. Kurashev and Doc have both done it exceptionally well in other leagues. And then Kane and Debrinket both know, like, get them in the zone and they'll do whatever you need them to do. And they're the only two that are cycling somewhat, you know, their line, depending on who their center is. That's the only line that ever even gets some offensive zone time. So I don't think it's a personnel issue. And I don't think it's a problem that they can't overcome, but it has to come from the coaches. Right now, they're, they did a good job of being like, okay, suppress shots suppressed quality chance against now focus on putting up shots and quality chances something anything <laughs> the, the whole king's king's comment of it'll come is the same like kind of blase attitude that irked me about colleton when he would say something like what's well, not line chemistry you know and you'd like, it's the work ethic yeah you'd be like you know bro it's the way that you, sir, are approaching offense with these players. It doesn't make any sense. So I don't think it's a personnel issue. I don't think like they have a, the perfect personnel. Don't get me wrong. But I think that they have enough of a top nine that they could do it. And then my second one was um, there were a lot of people in the comments getting really like heated over overtime. Oh, there was there was a lengthy discussion on three, oh my on three God. overtime. After I'm not going to I'm not going to reiterate overtime stats and face off and blah, blah, blah. I'm just going to say the problem isn't the overtime strategy. It's the fact that the Blackhawks keep getting to overtime. They can, they need to figure out how to score and win in regulation more regularly. Yeah. I so think if your focus is on something that shouldn't be that big a deal. You shouldn't get the three on three as much as they have been. Yeah. I, like, you know, there's no three on three overtime in the postseason. So I, I can't, It'd be like the same uh, same argument about getting really upset about the shootout. Like I just I cannot. If, if people want to get into that conversation, have at it. More power to you. But I cannot. It just doesn't seem interesting to me because you know it, it. As you said, it's it's not. Uh, it's, you can eliminate it pretty quickly by just not going into overtime in games. Um, Mel, what about you? What What are some of your 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 thoughts and observations from the last couple of games? Oh, I got notes, Dave. Oh, um, oh, you got notes. All right. Yeah. So, okay, here's what really interesting thing. Even though the offense isn't good, the Hawks lost the Preds game. They gave up two power play goals, and then they lost in three on three, which really that goal was kind of on Patrick Kane's lazy ass change. Was it, is um, that the game where he got hit in the face with a puck? Or was that I don't the know. But because I thought just, I thought that was the one where he, he got, got hit in the face with the puck in Nashville skated the puck in a little bit like he tried to get it out and then went to change as anybody should do and there were a lot of people heated about it maybe he could have done more but he did in fact get hit in the face well well, i don't care that he changed but you got to get the fuck off the ice like he kind of like waltzed over there and especially if your face needs attention okay but uh go ahead no sorry but anyways i don't care about overtime or shootout like we'll just chuck that up as three on three so really they did not give up any five on five goals in that game but they scored two Mm -hmm. uh kirby doc did a good job of taking advantage of two fucking defensemen behind the net for nashville we're familiar with that (laughs) and uh (laughs) the other goal they nashville doesn't they don't go wide well they kind of like collapse too much too far to one side and Jonathan Taves just kind of was able to swing in there on the Stillman pass so all things considered even though if the offense was better they'd probably be winning all these games in regulation like you guys said but they it's not like they lost five on five right um but but the other game too is the same thing Nashville scored one two three power play goals yeah I think and the game, yeah, because the game-winning goal was in overtime on the power play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the only the only five-on-five goal they gave up against the Stars, Entwistle, I think it was, was playing up on the boards, and Murphy overplayed it. And then because Murphy was overplaying, uh, I think it was McCabe. Who got somebody got torched in front of the net, but Kubalik needed to come down and help. It was a total collapse, but it was just basically everybody overplayed. 
kind of just an unlucky uh, five on five goal. But the uh, the Hawks are not relying on the power play. They they scored maybe one power play goal in that game, but they're giving up way too many power play goals and taking too many penalties. I don't think we're talking about that enough. Yeah, I I think that's um that is not like the five on five play has mildly improved over the last month under the King era, we'll say Um, certainly still room for improvement, especially on the offensive side of things. But now the penalty kill is just getting, it just hemorrhaging goals against right now. And it's like, as you said, Mill, like it probably cost them the Nashville game. There were a few other, I think against Toronto, they gave a a pair of power play or a pair of goals while shorthanded and the penalty kills kind of like, Problem number one at the moment, isn't it? it? It's getting pretty close. Well, yeah, and if you look at it, the Hawks were losing both of these games and climbed back to get to overtime, which is somewhat encouraging. But you can't do that and then lose because you're splitting points with division teams and you're yeah. giving them the extra point. And that's that's what made the loss to the Predators on Friday night so frustrating, not only because of how depleted Nashville was, but it's it's a divisional opponent. It's a team you're you're trying to catch. And that's I think Nashville's the team directly above Chicago. So it's actually the one team that is within their range, like everybody else, like Dallas and Colorado and St. Louis are, are still a good distance away from the Hawks. They like you could have narrowed the gap at least of one team in front of you just to get out of the second to last place where they've been etched since the season started and they fucked up that chance. So, yeah. Um, I mean, there's a lot of problems I see with the offense as well. Like, like you guys were all saying, uh, their sloppy passing is really bad. Like they're passing like shit and, uh, they don't like to carry the puck into the zone. They like to dump and chase at will. Like they just, there's times where they could walk it in and they don't. Mm-hmm. So I don't I don't really know if they're doing much to correct that. Visually, though, the defense, and I don't mean the eye test, but you could just see like the formation and the way the defense moves looks so much better. It's night and day. Yeah. And then I guess you just gotta, you gotta have it at the offensive end of the ice. Um, yeah. So yeah, I that that sells. I mean, like, I don't really know much else to talk about with the team. Like, uh it, it, they're still there's still just a general like lack of offensive punch. Like it, it's like, as I think Shay was the one that mentioned, like some of the players are getting off the schneid, like Kubelik and Taves. And uh, now that they're playing Strom consistently and God hoping that continues um, like the off, like some of those names are starting to show up, but now it's the fucking penalty kill. So, and I feel like this is, but this is like what happens over an 82 game season. Like, you know, your power play will, will carry you for a little bit and then your penalty kill sucks and then you got to fix that. And then your defense sucks for a little bit and you got to fix that. So I'm not like, this is not um, atypical for any team. Like this is what happens over the course of a very long 82 game season. It's just good coaches figure it out. And the book is still out on Derek King because it's his first coaching job ever. So we don't know, but um, they're certainly going to have plenty of time off over the next week and a half to get the penalty kill situated. So hopefully that is a uh, primary uh, objective. Number one is fixing the penalty kill. Cause it feels like that's the been the bugaboo for the Hawks for a few weeks now. I want to throw out real quick too. Uh, he better figure out that Strom needs to stay in this lineup because him and Hagel <laughs> have been creating a lot of offense. They've been like the two, the two drivers for me, as far as like their, their play in all three zones. Yeah, I, uh, I I got I got no disagreements there. I've actually okay. go ahead. I was, gonna, I was gonna say, you know the the card the card that I sent you and you put in your recap, Dave. Um, oddly, and people love to shit on Strom's defense. He's been one of the strongest defensive, like in that oh, game score. Uh, yeah. Part of it is because he's driving the play, and the best defense is good offense. Um, but again, that whole. The, again, sometimes coaches say quotes that we don't like. And the one that I've I've disliked about King the most so far, other than it will come when it comes to offense, was that who would you trust in the defensive zone would for a defensive faceoff? Would it be Strom? And I was like, well, Strom's actually been pretty good at faceoff, so maybe. And then two, he's last year he was a top 10 forward at getting the puck out of the defensive zone. So the, yeah, actually pass, I would Yeah, it was his breakout passes. He was yeah. like top 10 in the entire league, and to bring it was up there too. Yeah, to bring yeah. it with top five. I, yes, I would trust Strom over like half the lineup. He's been acting yeah. in that department. Yeah, that's the, that's the thing about Strom is that he's actually low key, like very good defensively. 
Like people like showing him for no reason. He's actually decent. Yeah, I mean, you you don't and defense isn't necessarily like maybe he'll he'll lose a a check at the point from time to time. Like that happens. But if you can just get the puck out of your end and go the other way, that's pretty damn good. That's a very good skill to have because as we have watched with this Blackhawks team for several seasons now, if you get stuck in your end for minutes on end, you know, bad things happen. And if you have a player who can just get you out of your own end, that is a wildly underrated skill. Yeah. And the other thing that I was going to mention that I didn't before was uh, this whole like AHL coach thing, liking to play effort over like skill or efficiency sometimes. Stop playing people like Slavin, who I love. Okay. I love Slavin. I think he'll be a great. They're even maybe even third liner, but I definitely think he could be a fourth liner in the NHL and be Put, very good at it. A pleasant surprise. him up with Kane and Debrinket for almost an entire like stop that please, don't do that. I, he looked behind them on every play. I think what we are going the the player that is going to have like the crux for the the hockey philosophy debate that exists just in general, but it's going to be crystallized with this coaching staff is Curtis Gabriel because there was a headline from the Chicago Sun-Times recently based off of comments from Derek King. I'm going to read the quote verbatim as, as reported by Ben Pope. This is Derek King speaking about Curtis Gabriel. He's going to get every opportunity to play. That's why we brought him in. That comment alone is a little bit scary because Curtis Gabriel seems like a nice guy. I, I have no issues with him personally. Um, They're a nice guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, him and Reese Johnson, great dudes. But he's played 50 NHL games. He has scored two goals. He has three assists. The only big number he has is 153 penalty minutes. And this that was with an offensive team. Yeah. And like he was he was in Toronto this from the start of this season and was playing with the Marlies because he couldn't crack the NHL roster. I don't understand why a guy like Curtis Gabriel is going to get every opportunity to play when Dylan Strom gets scratched if he takes one step in the wrong direction. That is like that kind of epitomizes the entire the the differences of hockey philosophy that exist, and that's why I I I wor- I have a little bit more of worries about Derek King in a, any sort of. Well- with the Hawks. Yeah, he, he continues to come off like an AHL coach and not an NHL coach. That's exactly what I was going to say. This is like the college coaches trying to be in the NFL and then they can't do it. It's Hello, two different games. <laughs> well, that's, that guy's a fucking mess, but yeah, but you know what I'm talking about? It's like, like, like Shay just brought up, like, it's like he's coaching an AHL style game, but you're not going to win in the NHL like that. Yeah. It's, it's so these guys can all play hockey. Like they're all skilled. They're all like, you have two guys that are going to go into the Hall of Fame as soon as they retire. Yeah. I mean, Brandon Bullock, I think, had more hockey school than Curtis Gabriel. At least Bullock. Uh, I don't know about that. You I, have to be able to skate to have hockey skill. Well, well the, the biggest difference between Curtis Gabriel and Bullock is that Bullock was playing in uh, on a great team in an extremely proven, provenly successful system. And so his flaws were kind of covered by that. But other than the one playoff season they didn't win between 2013-2015. Bullock, that was the only one that he played, and he played, like, two minutes in the final couple of games. And, you know, like, even Q was like, I'm not going to play him very much. Um, but then when 2015 came around and the Blackhawks had more options, of course he didn't, like, he got traded right before that. But, like, in 2013, sorry, they didn't play him because why would they? Um, I think the same thing should happen. I, I'm fine with giving Curtis Gabriel – like a chance to see if he can work in a defensive role. I actually don't know how well, like how good he is defensively, just that he doesn't have very good stats in the AHL for that. Um, And that's where I'm going to judge him because that's where he's been consistently over the past several years. But his skating is weird (laughs) and he's not fast either. So I'm like, other than punching faces, if he doesn't bring anything other than that, he should not, take up even five minutes of time. And I'm not accepting that whole argument of, well, he's giving other offensive players a chance to skate more. And it's like, how about instead just having an actual effective NHL player in that role? Like I, I understand that Toronto is a much better team this season. They have a much deeper roster, but 
the fact that he couldn't like the very fact that he was in the Toronto organization and never at the NHL level should tell you that on good teams, this is a player that probably isn't going to contribute much. So the fact that the Hawks picked him up and are trying to play him at the NHL level is like, why? Because if you ever get good, you're, you're just going to throw this guy away. So why not just let Kershev play? Let Kershev have those five minutes or let Mackenzie Intwist to play or Slavin play. Like, and all those guys are staying in the lineup, but I, I just – I, I would I take Mike I don't understand why he's here. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't understand well, why they think they need this anymore. Because time and time again, the good teams in the NHL don't have players like this. And the other because thing the NHL drives, coaching mindset. Well, the other thing that's driving me crazy too is that the way these guys are playing, they're trying to impress an AHL coach. So they are hitting guys after the play. Stillman's been hitting guys before a whistle's blown, like red ass stuff. Uh, I don't need them to come up here and check guys and fight like to get in the lineup. And if that's how you're going to get guys in the lineup, that's just stupid. Yeah, I feel like you got like I'm gonna have to watch this game through an AHL lens, and I don't like that. <laughs> but that's hell that's, no. Yeah, and you know uh, the the debate that went on in the comments was you know this whole like idea of grit versus not grit, and it's like I love gritty players. Like Andrew Shaw was one of my favorite players, and Bol- uh, Boland was one of my favorite players. Yeah. And, Andrew Ladd was great. And we, we all loved, you know, we like gritty players, but we like effective grittiness. We just, we don't like guys that are one dimensional. I mean, Jonathan Taves has a lot of like, especially before yeah. he hurt his back, like he never lost a fucking board battle. Mm-hmm. I think, I so, think like 90% of the NHL, play, like they're all tough. You don't make it to the NHL by not being tough. Like that's just, yeah, that's, uh, I don't know. That, I mean, that's, it's, it's a it's, contact sport. Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah, collision sport sometimes, as we're, we've mm. learned over the last few weeks. Um, oh, yeah. Well, so I, well, I guess that's a perfect segue into my, my quick uh, – Brett Connolly got suspended four games for a hit that is really – like, you can't really defend it. He The puck mm. was up at – like, up on the glass, and Kara wasn't looking. And I, I don't think Connolly had any malicious intent. I think the reason the head contact happened is because Connolly's like six inches taller than Tanner Kiro and glad to hear that Tanner Kiro is okay. But I just don't get how the fuck Brett Connolly gets four games and Jacob Truba doesn't get anything. He got Jacob I, Truba, who, who did it in back-to-back games. Yeah. And then one, like, once, uh, once to Nathan McKinnon. And I know star players don't, you shouldn't treat star players differently, but you, maybe you should, maybe you should when it's Nathan McKinnon. Uh, I know why. I don't like why, but it, I know it's just because it was interference and not playing the puck. But yeah. I don't agree with the suspension at all. Like I, I think Brett Connolly was fucking slow to realize that the puck was over up on the glass, and he just fucking made a dumb play. I think yeah, it looked like he was going in, like he was going. He was trying in, to cut the puck off to keep it into yeah. the zone. If you and look then, at where his eyes are, yeah, and then it was just like oh shit, like didn't didn't like during the headlights type of look and hit Caro and like he got the same suspension that after an appeal lowered it, that Jason Spezza got for throwing his knee into the face of Neil Pionk. Like, went in knee first into the guy's jaw. Like, how the fuck are these the same penalty? Look, I just want to throw out, I hate arguing the legality or how clean or dirty a hit was, but I think that they need to really make the rules clear cut because if you have the game on ESPN and you're a casual fan flipping through and trying to learn hockey, how the hell does anybody know what the rules are? (laughs) Yeah, I, I just... Like, I don't think Trubis, I think we talked about it already, like, last week. Like, I don't think Trubis hit had malicious intent either. I don't think it was a dirty hit, but he did catch him in the head. And, not like, it looked like Kara was out in midair before his head cracked off the ice. And thank God Kara's back skating, so he's okay, too. Or getting okay. So, I don't know. I just don't. It's just, it's, I think you get every fan base, like it, like the way the NHL wheel of justice spins so erratically that it comes around to every fan base and every fan base has their moment where they get pissed off because this guy will get suspended for three games or this guy won't get suspended. And you're a guy from your team does something and he does get suspended and then you're pissed off for a week and then you forget about it and they'll move on to the next two teams. So we're just, we're, we're in the mood where we're just, what the fuck? I just advise people to like before don't just look at the hit, look at the context of the play and see if the player is doing what they're supposed to or what they're taught to on that play. Like in that instance, Connolly is supposed to cut that puck off, you know, at, at the fucking point. It just mm-hmm. hopped over him. 
So, like, I don't think he meant to go kill. Like, maybe he didn't mean to plan a hit on him, but I don't think he meant to, like, it wasn't malicious. Yeah. Yeah, I just, yeah. I, it's, it's, it's very hard to, uh, it's very hard to, to determine intent on, on hits of any kind, but, like, that one just, I, it, it, and I guess maybe I'm a little bit biased. It did look like Connolly was like at the last, like at the very last split seconds, like, oh shit. And then hit him. Pulled and, up. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. I don't know. Maybe four games feels a little heavy. I'm not going to make a big deal about it for Connolly's sense, but I, I just don't, I don't get like when you have these other waypoints to compare it to, I don't understand how. The it's always other- about the consistency. Yes. That's the always way. that's the biggest complaint everybody has with Department of Player Safety is the consistency issue that they have. It's just or, or lack thereof. Yeah, it's so stupid, <laughs> and they don't do a good enough job explaining. I almost I kind of think they should put out videos explaining. I don't know if we mentioned this before, explaining why they didn't give somebody a suspension instead yes. of just a, you know break all of them down. Okay, mm-hmm. break break everything down, anything major. Yeah, but like they explain why they do give out as penalties or uh, suspensions. Like there's a full four minute video on uh, Connolly's one, but you know, maybe, maybe hop in and explain why Truba doesn't get suspended. That would, wouldn't be the worst idea in the world. Well, I think what we're going to do, we're going to take a quick pause, take a quick time out. And then uh, we're talking about some, well, whether or not there's going to be hockey or I well maybe not exactly that, but Obviously, the elephant in the room the last few weeks in the entire sports world, not just hockey, has been COVID and how it's affected things. And I uh, guess we're going to dive into that a little bit on the other side of this timeout. And then hopefully we'll get festive at the end of it. But uh, come on back on the other side of this break for all of that. Welcome back to Musings on Madison here on the Second City Hockey Podcast Network. And as promised before the break, uh, the obvious elephant in the room from the last few weeks of, again, not just hockey, but sports everywhere has been, uh, well, and just not even sports, just the world is uh, COVID's, COVID's making a comeback. Uh, this new Omicron variant is apparently just wreaking havoc in a ton of places, or maybe it's just still Delta and Omicron's just getting started. I don't know. I'm not a medical professional. None of us are. So don't take any of this as medical advice of any meaning, but we're going to like... This is clearly interacting with sports now, so we're going to try and look at this, look at this through the lens of sports. Um, we're As we come to you Monday evening, the Blackhawks do have a game scheduled for Thursday against the Dallas Stars. Whether or not that happens, we, we're going to find out. Um, there actually could be a league-wide shutdown but within the next day or two, as this tweet from uh, TSN's Frank Saravelli from about an hour ago on Monday not evening. Not Daily Face-Off's Frank Saravelli. Oh, really? I thought he was TSN yes. No, no, he missed that. I'm I'm glad you guys said that because I think I've identified him as TSN in several articles. So uh, sorry, Frank. I know you're listening. He's he's not listening. But he said sources say there've been a league wide conversation. There's been a conversation today about a possible league wide shutdown effective tomorrow. The situation remains very fluid. There's no decision yet. There's only seven games left in the NHL between now and the Christmas break, which I believe starts after the 23rd. So it starts on Christmas Eve. And I think it's four days that where there were not going to be games anyway. They've already postponed 44 games a season, but 39 of those postponed games have happened in the last week. So obviously shit's getting real is, is the, the best way I can describe it. Um, it's not uh, there's, there's several teams that have had outbreaks. The Hawks just had Calvin DeHaan put into COVID protocol on Monday. And so far that's the only uh, Blackhawk lately that's been in. I they had two or three guys go in to the protocol earlier this season, I believe. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, but they've been largely un, unaffected by this knock on wood. Hopefully that stays the course. Um, but I, I don't know about the rest of you guys, but like for the last week or two, it's been, it's it, for a little bit, it started to feel like March, 2020 again, that week where um, it started with the, the Utah jazz and Rudy Gobert, like, testing positive and they ran on the court and stopped the game right before they were going to do the opening tip. And then just like one by one for the next three or four days, like NBA canceled games and then shut down. And then college uh, basketball, their conference tournaments were coming up by weekend or coming up that weekend. One by one, all those got shut down. I'm around the high school sports scene, everything in that got shut down pretty much. So it was just, it, 
the way sports were getting postponed and canceled, all this stuff kind of felt like March 2020 over again. But then I listened to the ESPN Daily podcast on Monday. I don't know if any of you guys have listened to this or any of our listeners have. It's uh, Pablo Torre does it. I think it's a very good show. I think Pablo Torre is very entertaining. But he had two people on today. They gave a bunch of information. Uh, one of them was a reporter and the other one was a doctor. I forget the exact uh, classification of what they, what they study, but it sounded like somebody who had pretty good credentials in this field. So after listening to that, I find myself much more encouraged that we're not going to be reliving March 2020 all over again. But that is not to say that sports are not going to have an issue, any issues over the next few months, uh, especially like seems like January is going to be interesting. And I think the the three or excuse me, the five words from Frank Saravelli's tweet, I think, are going to be commonplace for the next month or two is the situation remains very fluid. I don't know what the fuck's going to happen next month. Um, and I don't think anybody does. And, uh, I, I guess I, with all of that said, I'll throw it out to Shay and, and everyone else and see what you guys think, uh, in terms of all that. Uh, so the worst projection for Omicron is that, uh, it basically doubles the peak of January, 2021. Yeah. In terms um, of, in terms of what? In terms of cases, hospitalizations and deaths, which are like the three big, the three biggies and okay. COVID in covered coverage. Um, the, I think, I think it was the CDC today came out and said they expect, uh, more cases than January, 2021. They expect record cases over the next few months. So this might be peaking in like February. Uh, we we're we're entering a bad period, everybody. Um, this is, this is not great. It's not good. Uh, Omicron doesn't, doesn't, uh, mess around. Um, well, the, but the, the point of that, that like for, through like through a lens of sports is that I, I guess it's, it's not sports, it's just like the world in general. Like there's a vaccine out there and uh, yes. all, of the, all of the reports and everything that from any medical professional you see will tell you, uh, I'm yet to see someone say other than uh, if you got the shot and the booster, you're probably going to be okay. Yes, and you so, probably, you'll probably be okay. You'll probably experience a mild case at worst. But like before now, like the, the vaccines have done a very good job of not only doing what they're supposed to do, which is prevent the severe symptoms of this disease, but prevent mo- many infections. Um, that's not what vaccines are supposed to do. That's icing on the cake. We're, we've lost the icing because of Omicron. Um, so we're now just on the cake. We, we're having, we have a nice bun cake. It's a nice bun cake. It'll keep you alive. We've lost the icing on that bun cake. Yeah. Um, but it's 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 going to be complicated, and we've already seen the NHL and the NHLPA cancel basically the Olympics because of yeah because it feels, of COVID. yeah it feels like they haven't made a definitive report yet, but that that's coming in the next day or two. I think there there's supposed to be an official call that they're not going to the Olympics, which yeah, it sounds about right. But I, I guess like I guess my concern like at least through a sports lens of trying to like that period of March, April and May, and whenever baseball came back, I don't think it was till like July that like three to four month period where there were no sports on TV, like looking back at that, I I guess it was around this area, at least like that's when the weather gets nicer. So at least you can go outside and do things. But if we get into a winter and there's no sports on TV to watch, like that's, there's a game tonight. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I, I'm not, I'm not sitting here and advocating that the entire league needs to be shut down. I don't know. I'm going to let the people that get paid a hell of a lot more money than I do make that decision. Um, but Betsy, I'll swing it over to you, I guess. Just what is, what's been your, on your mind if you've been watching all of this stuff happen for the last week and a half? I mean, I think it just really depends on, like, I'm totally fine with them lowering capacity at games, if that makes people feel better. But a lot of the players who are getting this aren't having any symptoms. The only reason they're even catching their cases is because they get tested more regularly. I think they said, I think it was Dallas or I can't, which, which I, I know the predators went back to daily testing. Um, and there were like two other teams. Dallas might've been one the of them. I, I, well, cause this is what came up on the ESPN daily podcast that like 
the NHL was actually testing more than any other league. Yeah, but they were, they were testing like every other day and now they've gone back to daily. Um, and then I think they're doing it not just daily. If a player gets a positive in the morning, they might test them later just to see if maybe they'll get a negative and can still play. Yeah. But, you know, um, but the the good thing is that they are all the players. Most of them are vaccinated. Um, and so most of them are having either no or mi- extremely mild conditions. So we do know the vaccine is working and it's mm-hmm. really more about like the public, like the players, some of them seem to be like, well, we should just live with this and play. And then other ones are like, well, I don't feel like, I don't know if we should play and it's safe. So I, it's really what, how would, whatever they feel the most comfortable with the only part that sucks is the teams that have to play without stars, you know, big players, but like Nashville just played and kept their winning streak going. Um, <laughs> I mean, it, uh, yeah, I was going to say it was against the Hawks, <laughs> so I'm not sure that's the greatest credit, but uh, I don't even know if it should be like just doctors. It should be able to be up to the players if they want to play um, and play through it. Cause I know some of them, like they just there's such a difference of opinion and they should just vote on the same thing they're doing with the olympics if they don't feel comfortable going then they shouldn't have to it's gonna suck because it's gonna mean the olympics mean nothing again um hockey wise uh well i mean i didn't even think about this but if if this you know depending how this variant goes like the entire olympic games might be in jeopardy again but well i don't think the ioc is going to do that because no other sport cares like none of the other individual sports seem to be worried about this at all it's they're all like let's just go um and the only reason like even even other hockey leagues do not are not caring about this um so it's just the NHL and it's because it happens in the middle of their stuff. And mm-hmm. people are worried about the whole, for the Olympics, at least it's that whole, you might be stuck there for weeks, which is a misconception of how Chinese law works. It's actually just, you could be there for up to five weeks, but really it's just until you to get two negative tests over a three day period. So, but either way, I just, it's a, whatever I think the players feel comfortable with. I'm fine with, they want to shut a couple of games down if they want to shut the league down right now. Um, most games are not going to be made up in February. So we're going to be without hockey in February, regardless of if they don't go to the Olympics, there's no hockey that period. So we'll at least have a little bit of winter. Without. Although, although I wonder if they, like if they decide not to go to the Olympics, I wonder if they will try and put some games in that window to make up the ones that have been canceled. I will try. But significant logistical issues. Yeah. I was going to say most venues have to get, you have to get months in advance. And since yeah. concerts are not being canceled at this time, you know, can't, you know, concerts are still happening. Those venues already have other things happening, sports and concerts. So somebody said something like, well, if they don't have a basketball team, you're forgetting that music exists. Yeah. Um, well, well, I mean, we'll see what happens next month. I don't know. Live shows got shut down before. I, I guess the 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 one thing that you were talking about, and I, I think it's gonna. I've seen a few articles that, again, I I believe these were written by people in the medical profession. So this is not like nonsense you saw on Facebook, but just the general idea was the way like the game has changed with COVID. Like the original variants or the original COVID virus, the 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 going to Delta and then to Omicron, the way the variants, the, it's so much more transmissible now that it is not something that you can like vaccinate your way out of it. It's going to exist. You're probably going to come into contact with it at some point in your life. It's just, it's, if you, whether or not you are vaccinated will be a significant barometer for how well you handle it. So with that thought, like, I don't know when we get to this point, but it feels like at some point, like even if a player tests positive, if they're asymptomatic, let them go play. Like, I don't know when that's going to happen, but it feels like that is at some point that will happen. Right. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's, <laughs> at a certain point, I feel like uh coronavirus is going to become like the flu. It's always yeah. going to be around and we're going to get exactly. vaccinated against it. Um, and I don't think, I don't know if that'll happen. I don't think that'll happen this year, but maybe next, like it could be happening as soon as next year. Um, Cause everything that I've read about Omicron is that it's way more transmissible, but so far hasn't been quite as 
like harsh. Yeah, and and that's like I feel like it, like there's been I've seen some people caution that that data like it's it's, it's, it's less it's less harsh because a vaccine exists. Yeah. So maybe that's why it seems less harsh, but I. Whatever I have, I tell you to Google it because I don't know. I'm all the way to my booster, and I had COVID, so I must have super immunity. Yes, Um, you're a superhero. Congratulations. No, we want to don't want to hog up all the airtime. So, do you have any any burning COVID thoughts you want to tell the people about? Uh, Yes, if sports gets shut down, wrestling will not, and I will be turning this into a wrestling and food or food. Wrestling themed food podcast. Sorry. I mean, if, yeah. if they shut down the NHL and a, like AEWs, all that exists, like I'm, I'm not going to watch WWE. I've, I've gotten. I went to no. SmackDown on Friday and it was fun. I've gotten someone into AEW. Well, so uh, yeah, SmackDown, I'm sure it's fun, but I don't. Who's even in WWE anymore? I don't even know who these people Roman are. Roman Reigns. Brock Lesnar. Argu- argu- Roman Reigns, arguably the best in the world. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but uh, I also got no, to Robin see. The Christmas Eve tapings, they did two SmackDowns for the price of one and didn't tell us, so that was kind of cool. Oh, um, so, good value. But uh, either way, uh, there's lots of wrestling promotions to talk about. They're all interesting. So <laughs> We're going to do a wrestling podcast, aren't we? That and uh, probably talk about food more. Well, yeah, because if, if there's no sports for me to watch, I'm going to end up eating a lot more food. Uh, in all seriousness, though, like when that shutdown happened, that was rough because, like, like many others, I watch a lot of different sports mm-hmm. and uh, am involved in it pretty heavily uh, from different, pers- like, at, you know, different angles. So I had to find shit to do. And uh, I think it's not always a bad thing, but it does suck. So when there's no sports, so hopefully we won't get to that point. So take care of yourselves and take care of the ones around you. That's all I could say. Yeah. I just, uh, I, I don't know if anyone like I- I feel like it would take something pretty astronomical to get like entire leagues to shut down more than just like this upcoming Christmas break. Um, well, baseball is going to be shut down anyway. Well, baseball shutting itself down. Fuck those guys. Like, um, yeah, fuck the hell with I mean, baseball. I by now. Like, at least give them until next year to when they're actually going to start. But if they ruin like what's supposed to be a really fun White Sox team for me, that uh, happened in '94. Yeah, yeah, and I'm the only one here old enough to remember that. So, uh, yeah, sorry, I was busy. All right, you know, uh, being a child. I, I think I think Mill's point was good though. Like, take care of yourselves, take care of others, and uh, you probably should go get your shots and your boosters if you haven't already. Because uh, it's free. It's it is it is free. I I can confirm. Um, and ho- hopefully, I don't like. It sounds like like cases are going to go up, but hopefully hospitalizations and deaths do not. And um, you know, people people get a cough for a few days, but for the most part, we're okay. But uh, if any of you listening to this are in the medical work in the medical world uh uh good luck because uh i i can't imagine what it's been like to be in that position for the last two years and uh all the indications are uh next month's gonna get rough so uh hopefully i don't know i just hope hopefully good things come out hopefully we're uh everybody's overreacting and it's not as bad as uh it seems at some times but um and hopefully sports are are there for some level of entertainment for us um, so now that we've officially brought the mood down, let's, let's bring it back up with, uh, as we are once again, the best food themed hockey podcast on the internet. Uh, once again, Nielsen ratings can confirm that. So, uh, we got, we got some holiday food talks. I mean, this is our last show before Christmas, which is coming up on Saturday. Yeah. Saturday. If I can do math. Um, so we, we did a pretty good trip around the Christmas, the, the traditional, uh, holiday feast. Uh, where we've we've talked about food, we've talked about desserts, talked about drinks. So uh, Betsy had one other area that we could explore uh, related to holiday food things. So Betsy, uh, I'll let you take the floor. Wait, I'm very confused. What was I? What was my take? It was something about candy. Something yeah, about right. that was really more like Mill had a candy take. All right, Mill. All right, maybe yeah. it was Mill then. Sorry. Um. Yeah. Like I think Christmas is. Besides Halloween, which is a candy holiday, Christmas is probably the second highest grossing. Like you always have candy around, right? Like it's in Valentine's your stocking. Day. Valentine's Day too, but I feel like uh, Christmas is like overload. Like you know what I mean. Valentine's Day is probably mostly chocolate, right? Like the hearts and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I think. Candy I, I hearts. Are, I'm a candy hearts person. But uh, I guess all I'm saying is uh, there's always candy around. But I feel like we could do a better job with the candy canes because they're fine the way they are. And there's different, definitely different variants, but I feel like there should be more. Don't, don't say the B word. 
What? You don't want an Omnicron candy cane? <laughs> no, I don't. But uh, no, like candy canes are all right. Like I don't really care about them either one way or the other. But like, come on, like you, you, they're starting to make more flavors and you just, I feel like they need to take better advantage of that. I think with the thing with candy canes, like a candy cane itself is like probably below average. Like they're they're fine. They're unoffensive. If you put like I had uh, do right donuts is a is it's a I I'm pretty sure it's just a Chicago thing, um, but they make I, I was buy one recently. I picked up half a dozen donuts. They have one that it's a chocolate donut with like peppermint. It's a candy cane like sprinkled on it here and there. It yeah. might be the best donut I've ever had in my life. So I think that the trick with the candy cane is not is to have it in low quantities and it makes it that much better because an entire candy cane isn't great. But if it's like sprinkled on things, it is yes. phenomenal. It's a performance yes. enhancing candy. Yes. <laughs> I make, I make, uh, I make cookies every year. And one of the cookies I really uh, like to make is called the chocolate peppermint pinwheel. And like, that's crushed up peppermint. Like you hit it with a hammer multiple times and then chocolate. Like, so it's two loaves. You swirl them together. Fantastic. That's what, that's how it's, that's how peppermint, peppermint is supposed to act is like peppermint and chocolate. Like peppermint. Yeah, it's part, good on top of shakes. That's how it's supposed to be. It's good on donuts and shakes and like different like things you could sprinkle it on. Uh, so is, peppermint, saying, is, is peppermint best served as a condiment? Then is that what we're we're under? peppermint? Peppermint and chocolate. Peppermint is best served with chocolate, in my opinion. Well, yeah, but, I, but, but as a condiment like, to chocolate. Well, unless it's gum. Yeah, peppermint gum's terrible. Sorry, but yeah, there's uh, better flavors of gum. There yeah. is, but I'm just saying, like you don't want like a condiment gum. Uh, but I feel like they're different flavors of candy canes that you could should chop them up and be able to use those too. You know what I mean? Like they make like, I mean, but have you ones. tried, have you tried like the, the different flavors of peppermints? Cause there's, there's a lot of bad flavors of, pep- of peppermint. Of no, I'm not talking about peppermint though. There's like different candy flavors. They're no, no, no. like fruit flavored candy canes. I got, yeah, they're like, ra- not, not like the shrimp ones. Cause there's like shrimp ones. There's like bacon ones. What? Really? Yeah. The fuck? No. Yeah. Like some bubblegum like candy there, I'm pretty sure there's like broccoli ones. Candy? What? Candy yeah. canes do not taste like uh, meat. I'm, I'm calling the I'm calling yeah. the cops. There's, yeah, there's, there's, <laughs> I, I don't have too many strong thoughts on candy canes, but they should not taste like meat or vegetables. They should taste like candy related items. Hence the name candy cane. What would you consider? Would you, there's also buttered popcorn flavored candy canes, and, and since there's buttered popcorn flavored jelly beans, which are objectively good, would you consider buttered popcorn in a candy flavor? <sighs> Popcorn's not a candy, I don't think. I like the flavor of that, but I don't like the texture of the gummy, like the the bean with the, that flavor. Like it's, it's a textural thing for me, so I don't think yeah. that I'd like the candy cane. Like I want to eat the popcorn. Like I get like you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> you got the fluffy, like those beans that you do the wheel with, and they come with all those like gross flavors. Nope. Bean all you all you're making me think about is the Harry Potter. That's exactly where that, I'm. Yeah, Bean it's boozled. basically those, but they're like repackaged. Oh no, I have not tried those. Yeah, the Harry Potter ones are. It's the same thing. They taste like. I, oh God, I remember when that movie, the first one came out, my stocking was full of those damn beans. They're gross. <laughs> and I ate all of them because I was like, <laughs> well, I was like nine or whatever in 2001. So I was like, oh, it's candy. This is disgusting, but I'm going to eat it. <laughs> so my, my thing about candy in general at Christmas and every holiday is that other than like one piece of candy, there's not really, it's really just the candy industry repackaging the same things over and over again. So we associate candy canes with Christmas and then candy corn with uh, Halloween. But like, does Easter have its own type of can, like the Cadbury eggs the, maybe? Uh, the, the bunnies. Yeah, but that's just chocolate. That's what I'm saying. Like, those are just, it's just reshaping it. Like Reese's is beautiful. Like Reese's does the best job. because they're like, now we've got an egg. No, it's a tree. You know, like here's it in a pumpkin shape, uh, but it's really just repackaging the exact same thing and slapping, you know, Christmas decorations on it and the cute little wrappers and stuff. I, I, I did have I when I bought my Halloween candy to give out this year. I I think I told the story in here that uh, the first store I went to did not have any Christmas any Halloween candy, so I bought Christmas candy and I did have York peppermint patties in the shape of snowflakes. <laughs> Christmas thing one. So 
So they're apparently they're not the only Reese's is not the only one that could play that game. Oh no! And bringing up the like other than like Peeps, but you can get oh. marshmallow like the version Peeps makes a little Christmas tree versions of those, and I just want to set those on fire and eat them. So. <laughs> I don't mind it as much as their trees than their little bunnies. What about the candy hearts, though, for Valentine's Day? That's like the only time you can get those. I mean, you could get assorted chocolate at Christmas. No, not the not the chocolate, like the ones that have little phrases on them. Oh, okay. So that so yeah, every I think every holiday has like one candy that's like associated just with that holiday, and then all other candy is just repackaged. Fruit. Well, maybe by yeah, Easter we're out of ideas because because of Halloween and Thanksgiving and Valentine's Day. So they're like, all right, just you know, make make it make it look like a bunny. There, there's your candy, and then we forget about then candy like goes away for three to four months, and then uh, or probably about six months until the next Halloween. So there you go. There's, well, there's your Fourth of July. What about Fourth of July candy? We need to kill, come out with some. Oh yeah. Well. Candy Pop- fireworks. Yeah, there's no candy. It's just popsicles and yeah, yeah, and cotton candy. It's, it's, yeah, yeah. It's, Grilling it's, items. Yeah, that's a summer holiday. Like that's not a. Uh, I feel like summer holidays aren't as candy centric because it melts. What other are there? Other summer holidays? What are the memorial like Memorial Day? It's not really a holiday. That's a, just that, a day. that's a bank holiday. They don't really count, do they? I mean, you have a bank co- holidays are the best. Like because like if you get off work. I mean, yeah, there, there's not, well, there's not a lot of summer and how, or not a lot of holidays in the summer because there's summer vacation. So we don't need excuses to not have to go to work or school. Yeah. I, when's Arbor Day? Is that in April? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, when's, when's Flag Day? I, no, Arbor Day is legit. I, they, so had the, they had the, they had the people of BAM where they built the treetop casino for Arbor Day. You remember that? <laughs> am I dating myself here? <laughs> uh, not any more than I usually am. Um, so go gamble on Arbor Day, people. Yeah, there we go. Uh, that's that's. How do we get from peppermint candy to Arbor Day? Well, because I had to take, so that just means it's not going to make any damn sense. Yeah. Arbor Day is uh, going to be Friday, April 29th, Mill. So prepare I'm your planning. Brain. Planning to go to the boats. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we we've covered a lot of ground this evening. Uh, any other thoughts before I go uh, hate my life by watching the Bears for three hours? Play strong. Play, play Strom, yes. Play Kershaw. Play, Kershaw. play, Kershaw. <laughs> um, play the kids. Put that, put I'm shipping the wingers now. Um, oh, I was going to ask who, if not looking at Twitter, because it just came up on Twitter, who do you think has the best um, expected gar or gar on in Chicago of all the players? The, the Bulls. <laughs> yes, of the Blackhawks players, Demar Derozan. Yeah, uh, no, he's the one. truth. Um, let's uh, best guard. The Brink hat. No, no, really. It's just a that's, who, is it that's who it usually is. Hagel, Flurry. Yeah, okay. It's gonna say it's got to be Hagel. Because I was, he's not. He's not like the best at any one category, but he's better at more categories than anybody else. Hey, good things happen when he's in the on the ice. I mean. He's, I feel like Hagel's becoming more and more like a, a poor man's branded Saad, I guess is how I describe it. Because I feel like Saad had a little bit more offensive finish to his game, but the way that Hagel can skate and drive play. Yeah, he, he doesn't have the ass that Saad does. He's more like a like a like smaller, like you know what I mean? Maybe he's like a Shaw Saad combination. Yeah. Or almost like yeah. almost has a little Verstig in him when he wasn't acting a fool. No, oh, Hagel doesn't Hagel was a lot more of a like rat in juniors like he was better at like that kind of stuff and he hasn't really shown that very much and when he was with the ice hogs he took a lot of penalties doing that kind of stuff so i mean smart that he's not it's good yeah i think it's because he's faster than everybody like yeah he draws he's his penalties to, that way it's like luis learn to use your speed as a weapon <laughs> <laughs> we just got to stack up the the pop cans right in front of the net hell no oh <laughs> uh, good stuff all right, we've made it all the way back to Mighty Ducks, so that's, I think that's a good time to, to put a bow on this episode. 
Musings on Madison here on the Second City Hockey Podcast Network. Um, thanks again for listening. Again, uh, around the horn, you can find Shepard Price on Twitter at Shepard Price. Mill is at Mill182. I'm at SCH underscore Dave M. Betsy's not on Twitter, but you can find her at secondcityhockey.com under the name LBR, where you can find all of our stuff. And uh, if there are games to write about, we will try to, we, or we will write about them. If there aren't games, we're going to try and find something to fill up the, uh, the airtime between them. Uh, the main hockey account is, or just main account in general is at two ND city hockey. Um, five-star reviews. If you can leave them for us, that'd be great. Uh, that that's our Christmas wish is that you leave us all five-star reviews at iTunes or wherever it is you get your podcast. Um, and I think that's going to do it for this episode. This, I said, this is our last episode. Uh, it's going to be our last episode of 2021 because we're going to take next week off because there may not be games to talk about next week. And, and we're, we're just going to take next week off anyway. So uh, thanks to everyone that's been listening to this all over the year. Uh, it's been, it's been fun. Even if the Hawks haven't been uh, thank you to the usual crew of mill Betsy and Shay for hanging out. It's been a pleasure talking Hawks with you guys over the last year and looking forward to it even more next year. Hopefully there's more wins to talk about. Um, but other than that, I hope everyone has a safe and Merry Christmas and happy holidays um, and go get your shots and boosters. So January isn't as bad as it seems like it could be in some areas. And um, hopefully we'll be back in 2022 talking about hockey and Blackhawks victories. So for Mill, for Shay, for Betsy, I'm Dave. Have a great year. We'll talk to you in 2022.